You know, when you hear that saxophone falling down the stairs, it's time once again for the Games in That Podcast, the show where we share our opinions on the latest and greatest games live every Tuesday night on Facebook with you, our lovely audience, in hopes to create a community for gamers, both casual and hardcore alike, to share their own trials, tales, and tribulations. I'm Andrew Fiak. And I'm Brandon Carnahan. And we are live. How's it going, Brandon? Oh, it's going a lot better. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe we're live here right at the time we said we were going to be on yes. this beautiful Tuesday. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome, iTunes listeners. Oh, yes. Um, we have Emily live in the chat asking us to talk about the Yoshi d- demo we played, but she's calling it the Yoshi trial, uh, which she is not wrong. I did say trials, tales, and tribulations uh, in the <laughs> intro, so... Uh, yeah, that new uh, Yoshi demo was out on the Switch, uh, and we both played it. It's mm. the the uh, sequel to the Yoshi's Wooly World. It's Yoshi's Crafted World. I did not know that that was out, and I will probably be laying in bed playing that when I should be sleeping tonight. It's fan-freaking-tastic. Uh, if you thought the first one was adorable, uh, this one, instead of everything being stitched together with yarn, everything in this one is built with cardboard and mm. Band-Aids and paper clips. I didn't play and, Wooly World. Was that was that a Wii U or was that? Um, it was a Wii U game. Wii U, Wii U. I want to say oh, wanna, now. Now I got to do some some googling. No. As far as when that came out, because I know that was on our radar. So that was. It's a good one. Release date. Should add that onto my Google search. June twenty fifth, two thousand. 15. I have no mm-hmm. idea why that fell off my radar. You can't... They're... Yeah, you can't play it anywhere else. They may port it now that Crafted World's coming to Switch, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Um, it is... It's a Yoshi game. It's great. The music is phenomenal in it. Um, if you haven't listened to those tracks from the recent Yoshi games, they are on point. There are some of them in the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate game. Um, definitely uh, try to seek those out if you can, mm-hmm. but... Um, at least go back and watch some gameplay. It's one of those games that, like Nintendo games, it's as tough as you want it to be. Uh, if you just want to go through and get from the start line to the finish line, then you're probably going to have a wonderful time. But if you're going to do what Emily and I did and either try to play a co-op and or try to collect all the things in all the levels, you're going to have a very bad time. It is <laughs> very difficult. That game spikes in difficulty in a way that I've never experienced in a Nintendo game before. Classic Nintendo. Classic. All right, so before we get too far into it here, Andrew, why don't we explain to our uh, our listeners here what we have in store for them tonight in our range? Yeah. Round. So there's so there's kind of a lull in new game releases. Typically, Brandon and I try to chat about something we've played together or something that's the the NLB, the newest, latest, best. Uh, but instead, we're kind of in a wall right now um i don't think anthem's really speaking to us uh, i'm not gonna say we told you so but 
and maybe listen to the episode where we talked about the Anthem demo. But uh, <laughs> iTunes listeners, there are uh, 14 episodes <laughs> that will never be on iTunes for technical reasons. Go back and check those out on Facebook. You'll be pleasantly surprised. <clears throat> yeah, but we uh, it was yeah. So nothing's really grabbing our attention right now. But that's not to say that we don't have games that we're not actively playing. As many of you out there, Brandon and I are just. I'd say we're in the more hardcore gamer category, but we're pretty casual when it comes to just hopping in and out of stuff. We don't get into a game, play it to death until we finish it, and then put it away and go on to something else. There's always cool things coming out. There's always new ways we find to play old games, um, and we try to hop in and out of things every now and then. So what we're trying to do with with a random roundup, which we've, we've done previously, but this will be the first one on iTunes, Random Roundups is a chance for us to just kind of talk about everything we're playing right now and everything we kind of have that we're jumping in and out of or in our current rotation that's in between things like Division 2 and um, uh, Days Gone and and Shikiro, Shadows Die Twice, all the big games that are coming out this year. Uh, What are our palate cleansers, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've, we've kind of played enough to talk about them a little bit, but not enough to kind of do a deep dive on them. Yeah. So. Quick hits. Quick hits, stuff that's worth talking about, but you know maybe we don't either feel it necessary to kind of go in depth because maybe they're uh, older releases, like some of the mine on my list, or just some stuff that we haven't really put a ton of time into. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, with that said, Brandon, well, you get us started off here with uh, what do you got going on in your random uh, roundup? Hmm, I got a bunch of things on here. Um, actually, I want to go in uh, kind of a different direction than we normally would. Uh, I'm actually going to go to the bottom of my list, if you're looking at your show notes there, Andrew. Um, I want to talk about Into the Dead 2. I have never heard of this, so I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. The reason that you've never heard of this is because (laughs) this is not a console game. This is not a PC game. This is a mobile game. I think this is actually the first mobile game we've ever put any kind of consideration into on the show. Probably, I think we mentioned Donut County when we were going through the uh, Game Awards, but we Ooh, I'd also yeah, check that out. It. Yeah, that's a good one. Add that to your backlog. Yeah, but uh, but so anyway. Into the Dead Two, it is. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. If, I know for sure it's on iOS. I think it's on Android. Um, but it's kind of like a. It's almost like an endless runner, but it does have an end. Um, it plays from a first person perspective. And so an end runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can call it. It has an. End I, don't, I don't really know what to to compare it to because it's not like a first person shooter. Even though like the like the camera is definitely like first person, um, and you do get weaponry that you can shoot. Um, you're basically like on like a set path, and really, as far as like your movement goes, you can go side to side on that path. Is um, it like an on the rails? time crisis type thing or like one of the arcade games like the jurassic park where you'd sit down so with the you're like cannon. you're constantly moving forward right and yeah, so setting wise it's like it's like zombie apocalypse type stuff mm-hmm. um so you're always moving forward and there's like zombies in your path so you're like sometimes you're like on like a literal path or road sometimes you're like running through like woods or like a field or something and you like hop over like fences and like slide over car hoods and stuff like that yeah. But you're always moving forward. The controls are super simple, obviously, because it's a mobile game. Um, you tap on the right side of the screen, and it shoots your gun at basically whatever you're kind of like pointed in the general direction of, sort of like um, like old school, like Doom, and uh, okay. those type of like you know old school first person shooters. Um, as long as basically as long as your your 
you know, something is generally towards the center of your screen and you tap like the shoot button, like you'll hit it. Um, and then your left thumb, you just kind of slide left and right. And then your character will take like a couple steps to the left or a couple steps to the right, or kind of like veer to the left and to the right. Not like you're turning, but just kind of like scooching over on this path. Yeah. Um, so you're, yeah, there was a, there was like a, there, a lot of endless runners have that where you have like three you can either swap between like left, right, middle. Yeah. That kind of thing. Is it kind of like that or is it a little no, bit No, you're once so like if you move to the side, like you'll stay off to the, that side. So you're like p- repositioning yourself, but you can kind of like smoothly transition. It's not like um like Temple Run where you're in the middle and then blah, you're off to another track mm-hmm. or blah, you're off to that other track. It's just kind of like a smooth back and forth and uh basically like as you're running, you have all these like zombies and stuff coming at you. And, um, you can either use that left and right movement to just kind of like, you know, juke around them or you can shoot them. Um, as you go, like you'll see like ammo crates that are like, they have like a little like flare on them. So you just run over top of them and then you pick up some more ammo. Um, mm-hmm. you can unlock like weapons and stuff. And like, it has like that typical, um, mobile microtransactions where you can buy their in-game currency and use it to unlock a bunch of other weapons, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> In a mobile game? I know. Shocking, okay. right? <laughs> uh, 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 huh? Um, Graphics-wise, like, it's super good looking. Like, I was very surprised at how good it actually looks for a mobile game. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it absolutely eats your battery. And it eats it hard. Like, I think I played it for maybe 30 minutes, and my battery was pretty full. And I was down to, like, maybe, f- like, 40% battery. Did you did you have your uh, your brightness jacked up or anything? No, I actually have my brightness cranked down. It does have some Ooh. graphics options that you can adjust to kind of make sure that it's not just destroying your battery. But I had to turn it up, you know, to whatever the default was. Um, and I didn't think I was going to be playing it for very long. Um, the main reason I'm playing it, and the whole reason I actually found out about this game, was because they are, for whatever reason, they were slated to do a crossover with uh, Ghostbusters. So after you play no, the I don't first... know how you would have heard about that. You are I, I don't. I, there's no evidence I, of. I hate you. Ghostbusters. It's like <laughs> the worst thing. Yeah. Like it's not like I have the ghost trap behind me or you know like a giant subway <laughs> poster from the 80s. That yeah. it'd be was... different if you had some interest in it, but right. But like I hate Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so that's why I picked it up. So you have to play the first five levels of the actual game in order to get to the Ghostbusters content. So I played mostly, most of it was the the zombie parts of it. And it wasn't that bad. Like, it's not something that I would, like, actively, like, seek out and play. But it was, it was decent. Um, the Ghostbusters stuff, it's like a limited time event. And, like, it honestly, it, sh- it should be its own thing. It's, like, it's that cool. Um... So it's it's basically like a first person Ghostbusters game, same format as the vanilla game where you're like running on like a set path, and you have the little countdown thing of, you know how much farther you have to run before you reach the uh, end of the level or whatever. Um, but instead of zombies, it's ghosts flying all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of like pistols and handguns, shotguns, rifles, that sort of thing. You start off with the proton pack, and then you can use a bunch of other like Ghostbusters themed weapons. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are versions of the different attachments that you would get to the proton pack from the 2009 game. 
Oh, that's cool. Cool little callback. Yeah. Um, so I was playing that the Ghostbusters when I played the first um, level or two, and it's kind of cool. So like instead of like shooting zombies and killing zombies, you're like actually trapping ghosts. One of the things that they show is that like Ray has this like back mounted um, trap on his pack. So as you zap mm-hmm. the ghosts, they go over to Ray. So while you're running, you are actually you're playing as the rookie again. You are mm-hmm. running with the other four Ghostbusters. The four Ghostbusters, though, this was I thought like a really interesting stylistic choice. They look so like the uniforms and equipment looks just like the movie. Yeah, voices and voices are totally different. They're like nothing, nothing like the cartoons, nothing like the movies. And they're they're, not trying to be the cartoons or the movies? Well, visually, so when you look at, like, the faces, like, the character designs themselves, they are Mm -hmm. 100%, like, if you took the real Ghostbusters cartoon and you made them into real people, that's what they look like. And it does not look bad. It's really, really cool. Um, Voice acting, kind of trash. Uh, well, they don't even. It is like, a mobile game. Yeah, like Venkman <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound like it's Bill Murray trying to do Garfield or or vice versa, like you yeah. have in the cartoons. Egon sounds nothing like Egon. Winston actually sounds pretty close. Um, mm-hmm. Ray is like some of his lines. He sounds like he's the cartoon character. Some of them he doesn't. Uh, but I just thought it was really cool. Was it like a different kind of amalgamation of the movie as well as the cartoons? Um, so. So far, um, it's pretty fun. It's a nice little time killer. Uh, probably the most enjoyable Ghostbusters game that's come out since the 2009 game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm digging it. It's pretty cool. It's free. Uh, it's on iOS. I'm pretty sure it's on Android as well because I have a bunch of friends, um, Ghostbusters peeps, that uh, have been playing it on uh, their Android phones. And it, it's pretty cool. It's a limited time event. So if that's something that sounds like it might uh, scratch an itch for you, um, pick it up. Play those first five levels, grind through them, and then jump into the Ghostbuster stuff. And it's pretty pretty interesting. How uh, how long is this event going? Uh, let me see if it has a timer on it. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the page here. Uh, there is a trailer for specifically the Ghostbuster stuff, as well as the game itself. It looks ridiculously good, but I mean, this thing is just oozing with Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's it's very simplistic, but I mean, it's it's fun for sure. Yeah, I'm looking on the page here. I'm not seeing any hard dates. No, well, but just, yeah, it yeah, looks it really cool. I limited time. Oh, it ends in one day, twenty hours from now. That's a shame because it's actually like it looks like they put a lot of time into it. Like it almost yeah. looks like it should. Be. Oh, it's part one. So okay, so apparently this is going to be like a multi multi episode type of thing. Mm-hmm. So one day in 20 hours, at the very least, get the app and then, you know, hang on to it until it comes out again. Um, I'll make a, a mental note to myself to uh, mention it the next time that it comes up. Yeah. But, uh, for a free game that you, you know, might pop into while you're, you know, waiting around somewhere. Um, try it out. Yeah. I think you and I are the same in that regard that every now and then we'll kind of make exceptions to our our rules for playing games and like mm-hmm. our criteria, what our criteria is, because there's just those properties that like when telltale released the back to the future game, I, I had to play it regardless how lukewarm, if you could even say it was room temperature, the reception <laughs> of that game was and overall experience at the end of the day, it's that 
it's that it's feeding that nostalgia trip. But at the same time, you're just like, I'm so invested and I love this property that I would literally play anything about it. Yeah. Just to experience it. Same way with Indiana Jones. And I'm pretty much the same way with Star Wars games. And thankfully that those are getting hopefully pushed into the stratosphere here. Yeah. Apex gives me high hopes for uh, this uh, fallen Jedi or whatever respawns cooking up. Super high hopes. Um, about your list well, here, cool. Andrew. I've, I've said um, all I've had to say about this this mobile game. <laughs> yeah. I, so I'll talk about the one that I think I have the most to talk about, um, and then I can hit the other ones pretty quickly, actually. Um, yeah. But the one that I've been playing recently, uh, because you started to, uh, you reached out to me and you were showing me that you got Hitman free on PS Plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had played through, this is the Hitman reboot that yep. came out in 2000. 17 yeah i, I think, think it was last year Sounds yeah right. uh, i don't know if it was last year I, I think it started in 2017 i know two came out last year um you might be right uh wow but 2000 2016 actually it must have been late 2016 then because that was a big deal because up until that point hitman had been um uh, i think hitman absolution was the last january, game and that was very, oh, i'm sorry the first the com- it was completed uh january 2017 okay so it, it okay. started late 2016 as you said um, yeah and then it came out in january got it cool okay yeah, they were good, trying to take this new reboot on Hitman after the last game. Absolution was kind of, you know, it was decent, but it wasn't Hitman. It was more of a linear driven action uh, Hitman on the run type guy without doing actual like killer contracts. It wasn't that interesting. They scrapped all of that. They rebooted the franchise um, with uh, IO Interactive. Um, who has done a fantastic job because the the re- the reboot that I played, I played through all of Hitman 1. Uh, it, they tried to release it episodically. Okay, now they're just releasing full games. They're just like, okay, now it's like Season 2, which is like Hitman 2. But they do make a lot of changes to this game. I would be very curious to see what their sales numbers were like compared to like how much how much did it spike whenever the full, that full season like all the episodes came out i'm gonna say significantly because you don't want to put your money into a game that you can't get a full experience out of it's you i hate time gated content it happens in service games all the times there's no reason for it to happen in a hitman game um i I would want to play through all of it in in one shot yeah that's how i would be but this i'm so glad you said that because that's not how you play these games and that's (laughs) what i was thinking because what hitman games used to be is used to have a pretty open level where it was like, okay, you're in this building or this warehouse or this block of a city yep. and you're doing your thing and you're go- you're going after one or two or three people depending on the complexity. Do it your way, but once you kill, you're done. That's it. Yep. These games have taken that concept and pushed them so far beyond. So um, I, I'm specifically talking about Hitman 2. Builds a lot off of Hitman 1. The minor changes, minor quality of life changes... Um, the gameplay is pretty much identical uh, to the reboot. So it plays much more like blood money contracts, the original Hitman games, uh, just a little bit more refined, some cover systems and such. Um, these games are awesome. They have these 
there's like six levels that you play through and it sounds like a little and it sounds like you could just run through these levels, kill whoever you want and be done with it. But the glory of these Hitman games is that uh, you get put into these big worlds that are basically giant assassin sandboxes. And the the level specifically that I played in Hitman 2 that blew me away uh, was the very first level that opens the world up to you. And it's the Miami level. So in this level, there's a race going on. Um, it's like a Formula One race that's happening in Miami. And there's two people that you have to you have to assassinate. One of them is a guy who's working in a laboratory that is sponsoring this race. And in this laboratory, he's kind of like an older Tony Stark type guy. He's got a bunch of robotic stuff and equipment. And he's trying to sell um, advanced robots to a military general that is going to assassinate people based on like facial recognition. Hmm. So it's kind of like, let's take the men off the front line and put robots in the on the front line and do this instead his daughter is the formula one racer for his company i think it's called like kronstad international um and she's actually racing in the car so this living breathing world the the level is massive it's an entire racetrack plus everything surrounding it you're thinking food vendors the uh the the pit stops the mechanics uh, there's a vip lounge section there's a whole building that's the whole kronstadt building there's a whole parking garage that's underneath it there's a whole tunnel system there there's all these things that are happening at the same time and there's all these little story beats. So every level has um, different challenges that you can uh, go towards, which are like killing the targets a certain way, um, trying to kill them with certain outfits on, trying to kill them with certain weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and but and sometimes it gives you hints like, hey, kill this guy with by pushing him into the ocean. Or it may just be an image and it'll, the description of how you get this challenge will be redacted. And you kind of got to figure it out yourself through just playing through the level. The levels are very big. They're very overwhelming when you first get into them because there's so much going on. There's so many NPCs on screen that sometimes you don't even know who you can take out or who you can steal a disguise from or what's what you're able to pick up or whatever. Well, uh, Agent 47 has uh, like a detective mode type thing from the Arkham games where holding uh, the right bumper on a controller or, you know, one of the buttons on the keyboard i don't remember which one it is um you can basically gray out everything in the world and it highlights the things that you can specifically interact with which is super helpful for what are the objects that i can interact with to either assassinate somebody create a distraction um conceal a weapon what can i use as a weapon what can i poison what where is the poison who's who are the security guards? Where's the mascot? Where are the other mechanics? Where are the waitresses in the VIP lounge? All those things. And there's so much going on that you get very overwhelmed when you get in. But thankfully, there are what's called uh, story missions. And in the or mission stories, I think they're called. So the mission stories, uh, basically, you can stumble upon them on the world uh, organically where you may overhear two people talking about something or you may read a pamphlet or see a poster that kind of strikes your fancy and you kind of listen in and it starts to reveal a story in the world. So maybe maybe the guy in the lab has a meeting with uh, with that military general and you know that he's coming in seaport uh, right around the end when the race is supposed to end. So you may want to wait over there for him and it'll say, okay, um, disguise yourself as the general, disguise yourself as the general to say, okay, well, try to get into the Kronstadt building. 
get into the Kronstadt building, go up to the meeting area, get ready for this, get ready for that. And it kind of, it, it doesn't necessarily handhold you, but it leads you, it leaves you breadcrumbs. So it's like, it's not like, okay, grab the knife and stab him when he turns around. It's more like, okay, you're now in the room with him, but there's other people in it. How are you going to get him alone? We've, we've gotten you this far. How are you going to finish it? And there's a bunch of those. And at first I thought, well, this is kind of counterintuitive to the way you're supposed to play Hitman, where you're supposed to kind of live in this world, breathe w- with everybody else around and uh, try to figure things out yourself and by just organically listening in on conversations or whatever it may be. Um, and instead, um, as I started to use them, I, th- I found myself thinking, this is just increasing the replayability. It's these are these small stories that are helping me understand the world that I'm in. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of leading me to know, okay, I can take this route to get into the building or I can take this route to get into the racetrack or I can if this happens, that happens. And it's so deep and complex that even once you get through all the mission the 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 mission stories, which there may be like four or five of per level, there's still more challenges out there for killing the targets different ways and you may be saying, well, what's the incentive for me to do all that? Well, at the more stories that you do, the more mission stories you do, the more challenges you complete, the more, uh, you know, silent assassin or ghost you are about, you know, hiding the bodies and being undetected and making kills unnoticed and not having any crimes committed. Um, you're increasing your mastery of the level. And as you increase your mastery of the level, you unlock new starting locations, new costumes to start off with, new items that you can take into the world with you. Um, it's limited. You can only carry two to three items on your person, but you can have other items concealed in the world that you can go into. So maybe where you're starting, there's a security checkpoint where you get frisked. If you have a gun on you, people are going to go ape shit and they're going to arrest you but if you conceal your weapon inside in like a waste bin and you just start at the start of the level and get frisked and go into the waistband to get your gun that's one way to do something and there's thousands of those in every level it's insane and i just want to applaud io because i i replayed that first miami mission so many times i didn't even get into the other content of the game and it's not even just that mission alone. There's so much other content in this in this game as a package. There's escalations, which are once you finish a level, you unlock the escalations for that level. And that may those are just challenges of, okay, now there's this random person in this level. You have to kill them by these means wearing this specific outfit. And those get very hard because it always starts with one. And then there's there's three tiers to each escalation mission. So you'll start with one person and then it adds a second person on top of that. The next time you go through, you have to kill those two people the same way. And then you got to kill three. But each one's like a different kill type. It's like the one in Miami. Each time that you kill somebody like so if you're like on the third escalation, you get to like this. You get the first two people taken out. I guess. Yeah. By that point, like somebody's found the body unless you've hidden it well. And so there's a lot a lot more at stake. And it makes those yeah. successive ones more and more difficult. <clears throat> and it's like, and it's like you have to do it. So I'll give you an example. So the one that I did for Miami that I tried out was I made you dress up as a mechanic and go into where like all the pit crew areas were on the racetrack. The first one had you killing a rival pit crew member, and you had to kill him by um, 
killing him with an accident. So whatever happens, it has to look like an accident. And there's an area that's strategically set up in the world where you kind of figure out and you had to do it dressed as one of the other pit crew um, members. So you have to find a pit crew member first, get his get his outfit, go into this uh, area. And there was like an area where I could like uh, I could like wrench off a gas canister to release gas and then turn off a generator so that when he goes back to check on the generator and turn it back on, it blows up because it's next to the gas canister that's not releasing gas, mm. make it look like an accident. But there's multiple ways to do it because you're in a mechanic shop. So there's cars that are up on like the little rigs that mm. uh, raise the platforms, the platform from the ground. You could drop that on him. You could... Um, you could have it so that somebody else does something that accidentally kills him and, and triggers that event. And then when you do the second escalation, you have to do that. On top of that, you have to kill somebody else. But this time you have to make the next mechanics accident be an explosive accident. So if I decide to exp- to blow up this first mechanic by accident, it's going to trigger the other mechanic to run away because he's going to hear the explosion. Mm-hmm. So you have to now reassess the type of of assassination that you're doing and it just keeps building on top of itself so the world's very reactive to your your inputs yes and nice it's so it's so cool because every time i go into the level i discover something new um and there's always like secret things to find out like there's a there's a secret escape route that doesn't show up when you need to get out of the level Mm -hmm. um and i haven't found it yet but i know it's like a it's like a sewer location I just, it, but I, th- like that stuff's great. And it's, it's one of those games. And I, I applaud it for this because I love being somebody else who's playing it. And we have two totally different experiences, but we're yeah. doing the same thing. And I love stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. Like it sounds like it's a very big, uh, a big sandbox kind of game. That was the vibe that I got from, uh, just playing through the first couple levels of, uh, yeah. of one. Um, are the levels like much larger in in two than they are in huge. one? Huge, okay. huge. Yeah, because even the, just like the in the, second, the demo levels, they seemed like I I can't remember what the last hitman. They're game very was. small. It was a while ago, if, but they when they you were like pretty the, small. Yeah, the training the training prologue has you go through that ship area that's built out of like cardboard, wood, and stuff, mm-hmm. and then they recreate the seventies assassination of the yeah. chess player. Yeah, that, that, that you was, have to go through, but that's just like that. an airplane. Yeah. Hang. Launch that guy out of the uh, ejector seat and it was awesome. Right. And that was a moment where it, it was, it was telling you how to do that. It was like, go here, do this, go here, try that, go here, do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go back into that same level and play it again, there's multiple other ways to do it. There's like a meeting that he has with a general that you can go in and like, you can poison the drink that the general brings him in like a suitcase. He has like a suitcase with like a bourbon and like a whiskey Mm -hmm. glass in it. And you can like intercept that beforehand and poison it and make it look like people killed him and then that gets arrested. Like there's so many cool things that you can do. That um sounds like <coughs> basically this game off the charts replayability. It it really is. And what's Which so cool, cool about it is aside from just the escalations, there's also online contracts where people can create their own contracts that are similar to the escalations with their own stipulations. Mm-hmm. You can just go play other people's contracts in the other levels. They can just pick any character they want to in the world and say, go kill that person, do it this way, wearing this in this time frame without That's being noticed, cool. escape in five minutes, whatever it is. They also have the elusive targets who like every once in a while, there'll be a special target. That's a timed event that comes in and you have to kill them. I think 
Sean Bean was one of them. Yeah, last, I remember last that. year. Um, they had Gary Busey be one in the first Hitman, and you have like one chance at it. Like if you screw it, you up, have like, one chance to do done. it. If you fail, you fail. You can't go back in and do it. Again. That's insane, but very cool. Yeah. But the coolest thing that I tried out today in this game, aside from everything else, is Ghost Mode. Ghost Mode is a is a multiplayer mode. You v another Agent Forty Seven. You're both running in the same world, parallel to one another, and I can see what the other hitman's doing. He can see what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. our actions don't affect the other person's world that they're in. Mm-hmm. Hence, ghost mode. <clears throat> but there's a target that gets uh, appointed that needs to be assassinated in a level. So Miami, for example, it'll say assassinate this target on the racetrack. So mm-hmm. it's a race to see who can kill that target first. And if I kill them first, then that uh, then the other player, or, I'm sorry, whoever kills the target first, the other player has 20 seconds to fulfill that contract before the next person is appointed the assassination target. And then you guys are racing to kill him. And you it, the crime can't be noticed for 10 seconds. So if you kill a body out in the open and somebody sees it, it's negated. Interesting. First one to five wins. Huh. It's awesome. It's It's a little bit of that old Assassin's Creed multiplayer that used to be there where yeah. it was five assassins just, you know, like rumble style, all all v all one v one v one v one v one. But <clears throat> there's like you're just running after other targets in the same world. It's really cool. And you're limited on weapons and your loadouts and your disguises and stuff. It's really well done. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to digging into the first one a little bit more. I think that might be a good good topic for next week once we have some time for each it's of us a, to spend some more hours yeah. with each of the respective games it's a game you gotta be in the mood to play like I yeah. can't I because you're not gonna sit down and run and be that there's gonna be a lot of waiting mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of you know going in and out maybe even save scumming a little bit but <laughs> if you can get past that and just in, in, and just embrace the game for what it is it is fantastic I'm having a blast with it yeah, it seems like uh, for how much stuff that there is, like different ways you can do it. Like to me, like the saves coming is not really like a huge factor. Mm-mm. Just because, like, it, it almost seems like it's it's partially intended. You know, doing the whole Groundhog Day kind of thing is part of yeah. learning the intricacies of the level. And yeah, it's got a decent auto save feature that'll kind of save you in those situations because sometimes you just do something stupid because you don't know what some of the stuff does and you have to experiment and say, okay, well, if I, if I do this instead of this, what happens? And then you see what happens. You're like, okay, it blew up the building and that's not what I wanted to do. And you got to do it over again. But yeah, definitely spend some more time with it. And if people are out there listening, I, I highly encourage you. It's uh, I know the second one is on sale right now on steam. It's, about 37% off. It's like 37 bucks, I think. Yeah. I'm mulling that one over. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm at a crossroads with that because I know we got Division coming out soon. So I'm like, do I get it? That's the thing. It, that's going to be it, a grind. It's, it, it's going to get put to the side because I'm going to want to put some time into the Division. Mm hmm. Yeah. And again, that's Hitman 2. Hitman 2. Nice. Hitman duh. Duh. Very cool. Alright, dude. What else are you playing? Um, so this one's kind of kind of topical in a way. Um Until Dawn. You played it? Yes, I did, and I finished it. 
Oh, very cool. I got it uh, free on PS Plus. That's also where I got it from, and it's mm-hmm. just been kind of sitting in my backlog, and I've been kind of popping in and out of that for the past like couple months. It's It's been a, a bit since I've played it, just because there's been a lot of uh, new game activity going on, but it's a good one to kind of go back to. Um, so for those of you that might not be familiar with uh, Until Dawn... Um, it's kind of like an interactive horror movie, I guess is the best way to describe it. Yep. Simple controls, like you're just walking around, you can examine things, um, quick time events, sometimes it'll have you shoot stuff, but it's very like yep. rudimentary, nothing like super, super hardcore. Um, very akin to the, the Quantum Dream games. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I'm having a pretty pretty good time with it so far. Um, it's one of those games that's just like super fun to play with somebody else. Um, because they can help right. you like, you know, Oh, check that out. out. Or, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it kind of uses that, uh, mocap system similar to like LA noir where you can like tell who the actors are supposed to be. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought they did a pretty decent mm-hmm. job with that. Of course, you know, when you always run into that uncanny Valley type stuff, um, with these type of things, but it's, it's still pretty good. Um, it actually features, uh, the now, uh, Oscar award winner, Rami Malek, who plays mm-hmm. uh, Freddie Mercury, which is the the role that he won his Oscar for. He's not in Until Dawn, though. He doesn't not play Freddie Mercury. No, Until Dawn. Is, no, that is, would be weird. This is before he grew the yeah. stash. Um, but I thought that was pretty cool because I remember whenever I saw the the first trailers for uh, for Bohemian Rhapsody, I was like, "Hey, it's a it's a guy from Until Dawn." That was <laughs> after I looked it up, of course, because I was like, "Why does that guy look so familiar to me?" Uh-huh. And it was like Mr. Robot. Haven't watched that. Oh, until Don. He's yeah, like the one of the main people in there. Um, He's fantastic in that game too. His performance is is great. Yeah. Um, one of the really cool parts of this game is so not only are you playing as like multiple different characters as they are split up in this horror movie scenario. Um, you can cabin in the woods type thing. Yeah, you can make a bunch of different um, choices as far as like how you interact. Uh, as one character to the other characters and there's this whole like list of where this character stands with all of the other characters and has like a meter that goes like up and down as like you gain or lose reputation with them and depending on like where that bar is at like it changes how people react to one another and I think it also has a lot to do with who does and does not survive mm-hmm. um, apparently it's it's uh, possible to go through the whole game and have everybody survive or it would be you could do like standard horror movie rules where like everybody dies except for one person. Um, so where I'm at, I haven't gotten like super super far into it, but I had like my first character die, and I was like, whoa, this is some some crazy stuff here. But it's really fun. Um, it has this interesting uh, like the totem system where like hidden throughout the levels are these little like um, like segments of like a totem pole. And there's like different ones, and they kind of give you hints as far as like like it shows you like a very very short like maybe like two three second video clip that has like zero context to it. You have no idea what it really means. Um, sometimes it's just like clues about where to go or where something is. And then there are death totems, which show you um, kind of like a lead up of a character's death. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you see those, you can kind of use that to clear yourself into okay. Like there's a a moment coming up where this character could die and it's kind of there to sort of help you avoid it 
if you want to, or maybe lean into it if you don't really care about that character. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool how it gives you just like super short clips, no context, and just like make of it what you will. And once, you know, whatever you see on that totem actually happens, it's always like one of those moments where you're just like, oh, that's, that's what happened because you don't, like I said, no context. It's just like clip done back in the game. So, um, if you snag this on PS plus and you've been sitting on it, like I have, um, I would say take a look into it. Um, it's a fun game. It's a good little couch co-op game. Um, it's kind of a good, I would say it's a good, like hangout game. Not really a chill game because it does get kind of creepy at points. Um, but mm. it's a, it's, it's a good alternative to maybe, you know, sitting around and, and watching like a horror movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's probably the closest you can get to watching a, a B horror movie. But yeah. still playing a game. Yep. And the story is good. Like, there's a, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good twists and turns that happen. It's it's really well done. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I had fun with that. What else you got on your so, list, Andrew? Um, just quickly wanted to mention uh, just because I had invested so much time into it. Um, I again encourage you guys. I don't want to talk about Resident Evil every every single week we do this. <laughs> damn podcast but a month straight with resident evil coming up (laughs) i know i know i've just i've gotten myself into a weird kick where um i I didn't used to play i I never played the resident evil games before i had only played four and that was it because that was probably the most action-oriented one of the series and it wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily creepy zombies more so rogue cult and supernatural stuff um I was never into the games. I was never into that style, that isometric tank control style. It turned. It was a big turnoff to me, and I never played them when I was younger. Yeah, um, that's, that's flash forward to roadblock for me. I I, I don't blame you. Um, and uh, because I've gone back and have played the, I'm I'm on a quest to finish all the Resident Evil games <laughs> as original as I can get, so that people can stop telling me. Well, if you played through the two remake, then you should definitely try this. Or, well, <laughs> it wasn't like that before. It, it was actually better, or th- that was worse, but they did this better. And I'd like to be able to just kind of think for it myself. I really enjoyed the Resident Evil 2 remake. It really spoke to me, and it really opened up my eyes to where did this genre come from? Where did it start? So I played through the remake, which I talked about on one of our last shows. Mm-hmm. And then when Bob was on, um, which I, I highly recommend you guys go back and listen to that, our Resident Evil 2 remake spoiler cast with Bob Barton. Um, I thought we had a really good discussion about the remake versus the original and, and all those things. But it really got me wanting to go back and try the So after I played episode Force 12 myself, for those of you on iTunes, that's on our Facebook uh, episode 12. Page, Thank you. That podcast. Thank you. So, uh, so yeah. So when I, when I, I, I pushed myself to finish I I enjoyed I wouldn't say it was the best but I enjoyed it mm-hmm. um, I went back and played the original two, and I did this through the the dolphin emulator on my PC because I didn't have any other real way to play the original and I didn't want to borrow somebody else's original hardware and possibly have something happen to it right so um, you borrowed their GameCube disc and you made your own legal backup yeah uh, the legal way to do it I would never download ROM that's legal right. you to do this this is just the way Take, that I did it. Taking the high road here. Take note, <laughs> users, listeners. <Yep. laughs> are we are everybody clear on that? Okay. <laughs> um, so I yeah, so I played through this on an emulator on PC. Uh, translated really well. It ran, you know, 30 frames fine. Um, 
I, I screwed up because I didn't mess with a lot of the resolution settings. I sent a lot of stuff to auto. And what I should have done that I found when I started playing some of the other GameCube games I've been emulating legally is um, I didn't I didn't up I didn't upres the textures that internally that it was it was upresing to. It was just running it native and then stretching it out to my to my widescreen, which you can't really tell when you're playing on a on a widescreen monitor because you're like, oh, this is just a GameCube era game and this is what it yeah. kind of looks like. But I screwed up. I should have done that. But that didn't take away from my experience. Um, I, the, the only things I want to say about it were I played both Claire A and Leon B. From what I understand, that's the canon way to play through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who have listened to my review of that game and what I thought about my, uh, what I thought about it, I just want to mention that I thought it was very good. It definitely holds up. The controls and graphics do not. The scare factor really doesn't. Um, Tyrant is okay in the original. He's not as booming and hulking and scary as he is in the remake. I think they did him way better. Um, But the thing that I took away from this game that I really enjoyed was the story. The story was fantastic. Start to finish, both characters. Because... It did the thing that Brandon, you and I had the biggest gripe about was when I start a second playthrough, I'm just playing through the first game all over again with somebody else aside from two or three other story beats. This game is frustrating to me. This game, when when you play through Claire A, she has her own story. You play through Leon B, he has his own completely separate story with totally different things that happen. And all the moments that they didn't do it like that. That's what I said. If this story had just been copy and pasted and you did everything else you did with the remake the way that you did it, I would say that this is a game that stands the test of time and that we look back on and say, this is an incredible game. The remake, that is. Timeline wise, does it do the events from one scenario to the next? Do they match up better than they did in the remake? Yes. The remake, it was just like time time is a construct and they yeah. just like totally gave like no care to it no it it takes place two months after the events of the mansion so that's I'm why claire as far as, as far as like um like claire's events to leon's events and vice versa oh yes because there's so there's like i like we mentioned there's 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 uh moments in the story where they inter they intertwine with each other they mm-hmm. they come to a head and they're like oh look there you are there were moments in Claire's playthrough where I'd run into Leon and be like, why the heck is he here? That I don't, what is he, what is he doing here? Where like, you're like, uh, as in your playthrough as Claire, you're chasing after, um, Sherry, um, Birkin, mm-hmm. the little girl, you're chasing after her and she gets away and you're looking for her and you run into Leon in the police station. And she's like, and Claire's like, Oh, Leon. Oh, thank God you're here. Have you seen a little girl? And Leon's like, yeah, you just missed her. She just went through that little crawl space and she goes, great i'm gonna keep running after her are you okay are you good and leon's like yeah but wait i I have a radio for you take this radio so that we can keep in touch in case you need anything claire's like awesome great and then you just go about your business well in the leon playthrough leon comes into this area of the police station and if you had played through leon's story first you'd have no idea this little girl comes out of nowhere and leon's like who the hell are you (laughs) <laughs> and then she's just like, ah, and she just runs away. And he's like, wait, let me help you. And she, he like, she crawls through the cross face and he goes, what the hell was that? And then Claire comes in and she goes, oh, Leon, thank God you're here. Did you see a little girl come through here? And he's like, yeah, so it has the logical overlap. Yes. And I was like, 
I just when I saw that moment in my second playthrough, I was like, "That's what I wanted." And prior I to wonder, that, did did they just like not originally intend to have the A and B playthrough? In I don't know the remake? They, because they like it does seem kind of weird thing. that like when you go to do your second playthrough, it's not like an A and B like it was originally. From what I understand, mm-hmm. it's a second run. Right, which is what they're calling it. They're not I calling mean, it because, A and B. They're... Because that's basically what it is. It's a second run through with a different character. Yeah, Minor and changes. there's some things that are different. We're not saying that they're exactly the same. They change mm-hmm. puzzles. One is harder than the other based on which one you do second. And yeah. you know, Claire deals with Sherry and Leon Dare deals with Ada. Like those, But those things are like... I, I, my, my comparison that I made to Bob when I told him about the game was it was like somebody... It was like somebody was like, Hey, copy my homework, but just make sure you change the name and some of the other stuff in it. So it doesn't look the same. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the remake was. Yeah. They did a better job and got a better grade on it, but everybody was looking like everybody knows that they're like, well, that that's not the original though. We know where this comes from. Yeah. And they're right. The story is way better. It makes way more sense. Is it still campy and B movie? Yes. Is it still weird voice actors that are like quasi reading poor Japanese translated lyric or uh not lyrics, lines, yes. <laughs> but it works, and it works out well, and everything that happens makes sense. And the Tyrant has a way cooler entrance in the original game than get, just like, showing up in the new one. He gets airdropped in a freaking bomb missile, and it just goes straight through the PD, and then it bursts open, and he comes out with his hat on. It's <laughs> dope. It's ridiculous. I'm Mr. X, here to mess stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh I'm here to yeah, punch was, faces and take names. I was I pleasantly surprised down names. <laughs> yeah. I He was not as terrifying though. He'd only be confined to certain areas. So if he's surpri- if he jump scared you in one area, that's where he stayed. He didn't follow would he, like, you would around. Would he follow you at, at all like in that one area or is he just kind of like an He would follow you around in that area and if you got caught by him it was pretty much a one and done. But um once you got away from him and went out a door, he, he did not come after you. Not like Nemesis does in 3. I, I found that uh, the Tyrant, how he's used in the remake, it seems to be extremely divisive. Like, it's you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. But you gotta... You, I think you can do both, but not one or the other. You can hate it, and therefore you're like, I love it because I hate it. Mm-hmm. Because I hate that it it puts me on edge, it makes me run around, it makes me lose my train of thought. Um, but I don't think you can just love it yeah. without like hating it. You're like, oh man, this is just a really cool mechanic. Like, I think if you hate it, therefore you love it. <laughs> if that makes sense. Around <laughs> no, that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree to disagree, but yeah. <laughs> I, is it worth a playthrough again? Probably not. If you're really, if, if, if for whatever reason you had a really poor taste in your mouth from the remake and you never original, find a way to play it. Um, again, I use the dolphin emulator. Uh, if you have the original copy, rip your own ROM and emulate it. But, um, definitely find, uh, there are a lot of mod about this, but there's a lot of modders in the community that do these HD high definition texture packs that bring brand new life into these games yeah. that it look like completely new games. So if you can find one of those for your emulation, uh, more power to you. But 
I know a lot of people, um, a lot of the emulation that, I'm sorry, a lot of the HD textures that they use for the Resident Evil games, from what I understand, harder to up-res because they're PS1 ports to the GameCube, but... Yeah, instead of just, it's like double emulation almost. Pretty much. GameCube and P- so, But people, people found a way to use the original PC ports of the game mm-hmm. and use those textures and up-res those because those were much higher quality. Yeah. Throwing those in there night and day dude <laughs> i wish i would have thought about that before i started my two playthrough but i did it as you know original as i could so now nobody can say that my opinion flawed in any way shape or form because i've now played both of them well here's where you're wrong no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> contrary to what you just said you're 100 percent wrong <laughs> uh but yeah that's the original resident evil 2 Cool, man. It's, I'll get around to it one day. I'll get around to it. Yeah. Um, don't break your back. <laughs> everything else I have is uh, mostly quick hits here. Um, the other one run have, through all of them. Yeah. Because that, that's pretty much what mine are. Cool. So do you want, do you want to alternate or we just want to go? Yeah, back? just run through the rest of your list and right. I'll run through the rest of mine. Sure. All right. So uh, another game I've been popping into a lot, like, Mainly on PlayStation, most recently uh, on PC because I got it on a pretty good sale. Um, no Man's Sky. That's one of those you're still, games. You're still doing that. It's, it's, there's just something about like how chill it is and also that like I appreciate space that. aesthetic is just really fun. Um, just from whenever I first played it to where it is now, like it, it's literally it's two different games. Um really digging the space combat like it's not super complex but um i've been reading through the uh the original thrawn trilogy and there's like some pretty cool like space battle stuff in there and it's just every time mm-hmm. i like read through that stuff i'm like man like i really want like a good star wars like space fighter game and like i know mm-hmm. there's like battlefront 2 but like it's just there's I don't know. Battlefront Two like just doesn't do it for me with the the way that the the space battles work, but just the, something about No Man's Sky space battles they're like I don't know they're they're really fun. They they play out at random, so it's you know it's interesting. Then you can like you can seek people out like to do the the bounties, the space bounties where you're like hunting like a pirate and or like a group of pirates and you get money for it. And then there's sometimes where you'll come into a system and there will be like, you know, five or six like of the frigates. And then there's just like a massive dog fight going on between the frigates fighters. And then like a band of pirates that are trying to raid it. And then you can jump into the fray and you can shoot down all the pirates. And then in turn, like depending on uh, if you don't have a freighter, when you do that, like you'll get offered one of them if you rescue rescue them that's cool. and if you if you do have one then you get the option to buy it. and of course it's you know millions of of credits um <laughs> but there's, Space there's cred there's so much to do and it's just like it's kind of gotten to that point where it's it's got enough of a like tracked storyline that it'll pull you through to the next part and it kind of gives you um your tutorials and your information a lot more easily than it has in the past. Um, you know, like when it first came out. So it's a lot more user friendly, a lot more quality of life stuff, but you can still kind of branch off and do your own thing. 
and uh, they've really changed how like the world generation works, and they've swapped up their algorithms for like the creature generation, and then on top of that, just the fact that the base building is so much more robust than it had been before. All these updates they're putting out, um, and it's just really fun, and there's just a lot of stuff to get to, and like I haven't even scratched the surface of a lot of the updates. Uh, I mainly have been playing through the story stuff and I just got to the point where I'm into like the base building stuff and this is like probably another like 20-30 hours in where the base building stuff Oof. really becomes a mechanic but like the base building's fun like it's not super dissimilar from how the base building is in uh, like Fallout 4 or 76 where you have mm-hmm. all these different items like the way that you get your blueprints is a little bit different of course but it gives you like that degree of freedom and if you go on like the No Man's Sky subreddit people make some insane stuff like really cool bases like they figured out how to build up into like the the upper levels of your planet's atmosphere so you can make like a space station um really cool stuff like if you're at all like you have like a creative bone in your body like you can make a really cool base like i made i started making like an underground base um but there's all kinds of um terrestrial vehicles that they have now like land cruisers and stuff there's like even i think they just added like a motorcycle and then they just added subs i haven't even touched any of that i haven't even gotten close to any of that stuff but i know it's there and it's just a matter of kind of playing through um the little quests that unlock it so there's still a ton of stuff to do um and it's it's not a game that's like super hardcore so it's it's a good game that just kind of pop in and out of um now that i got it on pc i'll probably pick up some time there try it out um it looks mm-hmm. really, really good on PC, uh, as you know most games tend to do. Um, but I did have real difficult time getting it to run. I don't know what the issue is, um, but like if I ran it regular full screen, it would just flicker like strobe, basically. Mm. But if I run it full screen borderless for whatever reason, or, or full screen windowed, no problem. So I don't know what the issue was there, but it's not. I'm not alone in that problem. I did a lot of Google searching. To uh, figure that out, I had gotten it with uh, a code or a discount on Green Man, so I couldn't return it because if I would have bought it on mm-hmm. Steam, I would just be like, right, I'm, I'm not messing yeah. with this and just did my two hours. But I had no choice, so I looked into it probably more than I would have. And I, I got it working, and it it doesn't run any worse in in uh, windowed mode. Um, Eventually, if we're looking hurting for games for like a team stream, whenever we decide to do this, this would probably be a good one. It's a good, just like chill game to play. Um, yeah, I'd be into that. There's also rumors of another like bigger update coming out soon, so I'd be interested to see what they what they do with that. Yeah, props to them for sticking with it. Yeah, free free updates too. And they're like I know significant. Yeah. Um, next thing I have on my list, and this is something like I very just. <laughs> cursory playing through this um crash dude Bandicoot, it was pain- insane trilogy it was painful reading that on the show notes what's that because that that game just is very difficult insane trilogy <laughs> yes it's like one of those games that like i want to love because like uh, i would say for the most part it's it's super well done as far as like a, a remake goes um, mainly just jumped into this just because of Crash Team Racing coming out, and I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't finished Insane Trilogy, let's go back to it, and I remember why I kind of stopped playing it, and it has a lot to do with some 
really frustrating design decisions that they made where um, they weren't they didn't go all in on either making it a hundred percent true to the originals or making it a hundred percent new so that it, all three games operate the same way. I know in the first one, they kind of tried to, it was like probably 90% close to what the original was, but they changed some things to make it a little bit less of a difficulty or like a control difference between one and two and three. Um, and then two and three, they kind of took like the physics from two and the physics from three and they kind of blended them together. So you're not quite getting the, the original experience out of either of them and it just doesn't feel good. The biggest thing, um, and I had looked into this to see, like, I noticed this specifically in one because of how precise some of the jumps are. Um, they didn't change the spacing of any of the levels or anything, and especially no. in one, they keep they keep the like the jump physics pretty close. But the big difference is, I guess, back whenever the Crash games came out, like the default like shape for your player character was a box. Mm-hmm. So hard 90 degree corners. So if you're even if like his toe was not all the way at the corner of the box, like you could still jump and then it registers a jump onto a ledge is like getting the ledge, even though you're hanging off of the ledge. Yeah. Well, with whatever it's based off of now, I think unity uses it and some other game engines um, instead of a box shape for your player character, it's like a pill shape. So you have rounded corners so where you would hit the corner technically on the old style, when you hit that same exact corner with the pill shape, because it's rounded, you slip off of the edge and you fall. Right. So It is little, much, much less forgiving in this yeah, game. Those little jumps where you could get away with it if you mistime something, um, they really come back and bite you in the ass in this remake. And it's just like, uh, I want to love it so bad, but there's just just it's the nuance and like just for how much i played whenever i was younger like you, it's it's amazing how much muscle memory you retain with that type of stuff so I've, yeah it's thrown me off and i don't know i keep going back to it um i would say probably the best thing for me kind of from when i played originally to now is that um apparently my old tv had a ton ton of input lag because it just had such a low uh, refresh rate compared to my new TV and it made a big difference but still those little things with those little per- pixel perfect jumps were just still super tough um, but still I'm, I'm hoping that Crash Team Racing doesn't kind of uh, fall into that trap of trying to blend like a modern control scheme with the classic one like mm-hmm. give me either or I don't want a combination of the two because that just that's it's too it's gonna throw me off too much if it's not the original controls and it's not gonna feel um it's not gonna feel right if it's a blend. I would rather mm-hmm. just have I mean, if I had it my way, it would be just modernize it a hundred percent, make it play like a you know, Crash Bandicoot, but like Mario Kart eight or you know, whatever the latest iteration of it is. So Yeah. Hopeful, if, but if not, that, not, 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 wouldn't be surprised if it, if they screw up the controls. Yeah. If, uh, that's exactly how I felt about the insane trilogy. I echo everything you say. Play Spyro Reignited. Is, that, is it done right? Done right. It yes. is a totally new game. And I mean, the controls were pretty tight in the original Spyro, but yeah. this is yeah. like, 
it's same same people that did the crash remaster hmm. they also did the reignited trilogy this one I, and it's i think the, the biggest difference is the like you said crash bandicoot was a, a pixel perfect platformer and is now made even more difficult because of odd choices made to blend original and new yeah spyro is like they just they uh, totally overhauled everything but it still feels true to spyro uh it's really well done nice i think that'll give you your i keep forgetting that spyro is a thing definitely wait for a sale but you get three full spyro games out of the whole thing so good one think about it uh last (laughs) two here both switch games don't have a whole lot to say about them because we've either a already tread that ground or b i just haven't gotten that far into the game um Mm -hmm. Mainly been playing through um, Messenger and uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Um, Messenger, we pretty we went into that pretty good detail. I think that was like maybe our second or third episode mm-hmm. whenever you had first gotten it. I'm still working my way through it. Um, it's like the perfect game to just jump into, play a couple levels or a slice of a level, put it down, and then come back to it. Um, yeah. You know, Pretty much everything that you said in uh, our previous episodes about just like the quality of it, the nostalgia factor as far as like the graphics and the gameplay and everything, that all um, stands pretty well. I would agree with that for sure. Um, cheap game, so you know, it's a, it's a good good one to, to jump into. Um, you know, if you're looking for a good bargain game to play on and off. Um, if you want to sit down and have something that grabs your attention, you can definitely get that from this game. And if you want something, uh, to just, you know, like I said, pick up, play for a little bit and put down also a good, good option. Other switch game, uh, Pokemon, let's go Pikachu. Haven't played a ton of this, uh, mainly because I have the Pokeball plus controller. It's, it's the way to play with it. Uh, especially being that you have like the throw mechanics, it feels much better to like throw the Pokeball when you have like the actual Pokeball in your hand versus the controller. Big drawback for me, and this is strictly just a me problem, is my kid sees me sitting on the couch, <laughs> <laughs> mock throwing this Pokeball, and what does he want to do? He wants to play with the Pokeball and throw it around the room. Hey, he wants to throw dad's Pokeball so, around. So I get it. Makes sense. He thinks I'm throwing a ball. He wants to throw the ball too. So it's kind of like a hang-up. Even if I'm doing with the controller, throwing it, he wants to do the same thing. Uh, I don't have any desire to play it in tablet mode because of how the throw mechanics work in tablet mode. Just not fun for me. Um, I've gotten to the point where I've beaten Brock. So I've done at least one gym. Um, It's pretty fun. Um, I'm enjoying it. I just kind of what's been happening lately is I when I want to play it because it's like such a chill game that one I've played a ton of back in the day and two it's just not like a super demanding game it's like I want to play it while you know the kid is running around the living room because I can pause or like just leave it up and you know deal with whatever mayhem he's causing but like I said right. he, he wants to play with the pokeball so that leaves me with bedtime and by the time bedtime rolls around, I'm like, okay, let's play some Metro or some Apex or, you know, Hitman, whatever yeah. we're rolling with, you know, as these games come out. So it's been kind of just getting brushed to the side, but I still try to play a little bit here and there, depending on, you know, what I've got going on. So 
Yeah. But it's, it's you know, not a knock on it. Still super enjoyable. Just, you know, don't have kids that want to play with the Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as pie. Easy as pie. Sure if you have a kid, make sure that they hate Pokeballs. And Show them be like, you see this? <laughs> it will hurt you. <laughs> and then if you have a kid like mine, he's like, oh, it'll hurt me? I want that more. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what's All on right, your are... list? Well. It's like you got a I've... bunch of Switch games on here. Yeah, I've got a bunch of Switch games. I've also got a little bit. I've made myself a little GameCube backlog, too. I talked about uh, emulating some GameCube games and some ROMs that I've been trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Every console has like their top 10 games that you have to play. And I've tried to get most of those and I just stuff comes out. There's other stuff I want to play. There's sure. so many games. You could be playing games till the day you die. Um, so I've tried to in wall, tried to go back and get a couple other games that I'm trying to put down as well. Uh, I started playing through uh, Metroid Prime 2. I played through Metroid Prime a couple of years ago. I'd never played any of the Prime games. I mm-hmm. didn't own a GameCube. Um, but at the time, but I uh, uh, started playing. I, I loved Metroid Prime. I thought it was a fantastic take on the series. I'm a huge Metroid fan. Um, and two is no different. I've gotten through the first temple of two um, on my way to the second temple. And I like that. Uh, whereas the first one's very much a, uh, a true Metroid first person game of backtracking and can't go here until you get this. This one is very much like almost that, but with a little bit of Link to the Past where there's a light and a dark world mm-hmm. and you're kind of jumping between the two to solve puzzles. So the things that you change in one world affect the things in the other world. And I always like that mechanic. I think Nintendo and, and Retro Studios do that really well yeah, in this I, game. I dug that as well. I'm playing through that yeah. way back. In and it's got an egg, an egg got a texture pack on it that is just mm, 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 mm. looks so good um does it dip down to like five frames and when i'm fighting a lot of- yes do i care no because it looks great um what one thing before we move on off of, or off of metroid um yeah so i have i had gotten the metroid prime trilogy for wii where mm-hmm. the they updated the control scheme so that you could use the uh the remote as like your look. Yeah. And I remember very specifically it's it's tank controls. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I've very specifically remember that I couldn't play through, um, Metroid prime three because it just felt so weird to use the Wii remote, like as the look, like it just wasn't like first person games on, on the Wii were just kind of like, weird. (laughs) So I never got to play through three. As I was looking into stuff, because one of the first ones I wanted to go back and play was Metroid Prime. Um, Dolphin also emulates um, Wii, Wii games, games, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading a lot about people saying that if you go in and you map the nunchuck, or the remote rather, to your mouse, that it basically will play just like a normal mouse and keyboard first person game. So that's got me thinking like maybe I should hold off here on jumping back into Metroid Prime 1 and tr- at least give the uh the trilogy version a shake to see how that mm-hmm. actually plays out. If it doesn't 
I really want to try to get my stupid Steam controller to work with Dolphin. I just like I, I've been having trouble with it, but like the way that the Steam controller is set up, being that uh, it only has one physical stick, and generally on like the the uh, GameCube games, like you would really only use the uh, left control stick, not so much the C stick. I right. feel like the Steam controller is going to be a super solid way to uh, to play through some of those emulated games. Especially mm-hmm. because I'm, I think the Steam controller has a dual stage trigger like the GameCube controller did. Yep. So, because I know that was one of the problems that I had run into whenever I was playing it with my PlayStation controller, was that the triggers are not dual stage, and you have to have a separate button for the half press and then the full press. Mm-hmm. Which is like, depending yeah. on the game, it might not be a big deal. Depending on the game, it might be <laughs> unplayable. Correct. So food for uh, thought. I, I will have to let you know what the verdict is on yeah. the uh, the emulated trilogy version as far as the mouse and keyboard goes. Definitely let me know because if I recall, that Metroid Prime trilogy for Wii, all of the games could be played like that where yes. the Wii mode mm-hmm. was used yep. as aiming. So yep. you could theoretically play through the whole trilogy. Right. That's, like. that's why I'm like, mm, maybe I should take a look at that before I get too far into Prime 1 because I just, I just landed on... Uh, what is it, Talon 4 mm-hmm. after doing like the intro with the Space Pirates and stuff and I'm like mm, yeah. maybe I want to try with the mouse and keyboard because that sounds like it would be really cool to actually play it like a normal quote unquote FPS yes nope I totally agree with you Yeah. Um, and uh, it, while we're on the topic of Metroid avoid other M at all costs anybody who's listening to this um, <laughs> I very like specifically remember when that came out uh was it Dave and Buster's when that came like around when that came out and that was like one of the games they had for their tickets and uh, I remember I think it was it was for one of my birthdays and I told everybody I was like we need to get these tickets together because I want to get that Metroid game Mm -hmm. super glad we never got enough tickets because I always hear about how trash it was yeah it's uh, the game itself gameplay wise is really cool how Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a quasi 3D third person Metroid game. Really, really cool. I, I mm-hmm. thought that was really innovative. The story is god awful. <laughs> um, they somehow managed to make one of the strongest female characters in Nintendo's lineup, who is a bounty hunter and has basically eradicated one of the worst species of aliens from the universe. Uh, and has fought off multiple space pirates and thus Ridley as well multiple times uh, has defeated Mother Brain multiple times they seemingly <laughs> made her a damsel in distress for no reason and it's just a really weird Earth Defense Force type story very Odd. Japanese anime it's very weird it's Japanese it's very Japanese um, yeah avoid that I would love um, for them to, to redo the uh, Metroid Prime Fusion game as they did uh, Metroid 2. Yeah, if have you ever played through Metroid Zero Mission, the remake of the original Metroid yes. for Game Boy Advance? Mm-hmm. Oh, super boy, awesome. Boy, that is one of the best Metroid games. Yeah, 100%. It is, agree. I, like, my favorite is Super Metroid, Metroid Fusion, and then uh, probably Metroid Prime. In that order. Yeah. Uh, and if you can still find it out there, if you uh, don't have the ability to play Samus Returns, which is the new 3DS game, mm, uh, find... Oh, so good. 
So good. So good. Find the fan remake AM2R, another Metroid 2 remake. If you can out there, it's probably still out there, but you may have to do some digging. That is is a great Metroid game. I don't. I, I want to see if I can hold it canon. That too. Yeah, I might still have it somewhere. I'll see if I can dig it up. For that you, got but. taken down pretty quickly after it came out. Didn't yeah, I was able to snag it within like the month that they had it free for download um, before they shut it down because Damus Returns came out. Yeah, which is a Metroid 2 remake. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's a really good video um, a great YouTuber that I follow. Um, his name is Mark Brown. He has a channel called Game Makers Toolkit, and he does phenomenal, phenomenal video analysis on um game design yeah. Uh, yeah. as a whole, exploring everything. And he did a really good one um, about the Metroid series as a whole and going into the, the map design and the map layout and how backtracking works and what works and doesn't work with those, who does it better or best versus all the other. He goes through every Metroid game. He also has a great series called Boss Keys where he mm-hmm. goes through all the Zelda games and all the Zelda dungeons to ultimately say what is the best Zelda dungeon. Interesting. Uh, very well done great series to watch he is fantastic i love listening to him he could read the ingredients on a box of cereal and i would listen to him um (laughs) but specifically he did a great video analysis of the original metroid 2 metroid uh another metroid 2 remake the fan game and then the official remake from nintendo which is samus returns those that he compares those uh those three against each other and what does what better or best or um, it's a really interesting look at how that looks and like overlaying the maps and how they evolved and how they played off of one, one another really interesting stuff. Nice. Uh, definitely check those out. But some of the other games I have on my GameCube uh, backlog that I'm trying to get through, uh, the original Luigi's Man- mansion I've played through, I think it's called Luigi's mansion, dark moon, which is on 3ds. 3DS yeah. I've never played either and of I them. Think- and I think they ported the original one to 3DS. Did they? Of, of recent. I think I saw it on the eShop recently when I was trying to look for some Resident Evil stuff to play on there. But um, yeah, I just went back and played it. And Luigi's Mansion, is the, I told you this offline. I said it's the <laughs> best Ghostbusters game I've ever played. <laughs> and I know that we hold that 2009 game because it's basically Ghostbusters 3. But... I'm telling you, Luigi's Mansion is the best Ghostbusters game I've ever played. <laughs> and you just the first 15 minutes of that game will tell you. Um, and I'm also trying to play through Paper Mario Thousand Years. I've heard that that's widely regarded as one of the best GameCube games ever made. I played that that's when it came out. It was really awesome. Yeah, I'm. I fired it up just to test out some texture packs I was I was messing around with, and I really enjoyed what I played with so far. I think I played through the original one on N64. I may have rented it from Blockbuster. I may not have finished it, but I definitely mm. played a lot of it. I remember distinctly that style and that game, yeah. that gameplay. Um, so I'm excited to give that one a go too. But that one's going to be a, a, a time sink, from what I understand. Yeah, that's a pretty long game. I would like for them to uh, come out with some Paper Mario. Uh, ports or, or remasters for Switch. That's a game that I think would do very well. It's like that. Yeah, I think there's three of them out there, right? There's like the original one for N64. There's Thousand, Thousand Years Door, and there was one. And there's like the Wii. Star Sticker one for Wii. Yeah, I, I, have, I think I remember that one because remember there's like a hand character or something and you can like smack 
objects or something. Yeah. That's all I, I, I recall about was, it. Smacking stuff. I think that stuff. one was poorly received from what I what I. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Thousand Year Door was pretty dope. I do I definitely remember that. I don't know how you would... I don't, I don't know if you could ever port these games, but I would love to play the Super Mario Galaxy games too. But I think those are unplayable without a Wii. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you could do it with the Joy-Cons. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, on, to the same regard, I would like uh, Skyward Sword to get like a normal controller release. Yeah, dude. That game is built for motion control, though. I know. And I still, I still hold true that that's one of the best Zelda stories we've ever gotten. The Zelda origin story. Yeah, it's I liked great. it. Yeah, I had a blast. Controls with it. were kind of a kind of a drag, but it's a drag. But you know, it it becomes like every fight becomes a puzzle in a way where you got to kind of think about it. And, but the thing is that when it came out, the motion controls were not one-to-one as they yeah. said they were. And you had to actually buy the attachment for the Wiimote to the make Wiimotion it Plus. native one-to-one. Yeah. And it was not, and it was hard. And I, I think with the motion controls now where it's more sensitive to the area that it's in, versus having to hit a light bar and actually function mm-hmm. and using like the HD rumble and the weight and stuff and the gyroscope, I think that could totally work. I think if they came out with it and they used the uh, the Joy-Cons, they would do pretty well because the, the Joy-Cons are they're pretty, for, for how small they are, I feel like they map much better than, than yeah. the Wiimotes ever did. I don't, I don't know if you, I, I'd be curious to see if they ever do a Skyward Sword HD, how that would be played with a controller. I think you would have to map the sword to the right analog stick. Yeah. But then you don't have a camera. Yeah, I don't know how they would do it. Yeah, it's because you have to, because the enemies are like, you have to horizontal, diagonal slash, vertical slash. You power up unless they did the sword to the sky. Unless they did it kind of like um, how they did the sword play in, uh, in Metal Gear Rising. Where when you would lock onto an enemy and then you're oh yeah when you're Z targeted yeah. you're oh that that's interesting and your cuts um, that that would be the only way I think it could work aside from just a straight up like mm. from the ground reimagining. With that said, I would love to play a platinum game Zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> Make that happen. Um, speaking nice. of platinum games, I have a bunch of Switch backlog stuff that I haven't played. Lay it on. One of them on. being. Bayonetta 2, another platinum game. I just can't sit down and finish that game. I don't know why. Maybe I just don't. I'm not listening to the story. It's such a cool game. It's just like popcorn action. You sit down and you do cool stuff as a very scantily clad dominatrix. And that, that genre of games, I feel like you have to be either super into it or like very in the mood for. Yeah, and I kind of just like. I realized when I was playing it that I was just pushing myself to get through it to finish it, and I'll I'll get there eventually. But yeah, that's how it would have to be a long too, car so. ride or a long plane ride where I'm like not even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but I got that game, um, Dead Cells, which I I don't think I ever talked about on this game, uh, or on this game on this podcast. Uh, but they just came out with a new update on Switch. It was called the Pimp Your Run update, which hmm. they are now uh, a smooth, steady 60 FPS across both tablet mode and TV mode. And uh, they've also added a bunch of balancing changes to the game to kind of make it a little bit more fair than it was because it it's a hard roguelike game. Yeah. Um, 
and it's a damn good one too. It's a 2D side-scrolling roguelike where you play as a uh, it like an embryo character that embodies the body of a dead soldier. Kind of, you know, that talks about the replayability of it. You're just in a in a corpse that you're borrowing, <laughs> and um, all the roguelike stuff where you're like going from area to area. You're weapons and as you find blueprints and you invest souls into this thing or into that thing you upgrade your pieces of armor and weapons that you have and stuff that you can take with you on your next run to make it a little bit easier there's bosses there's all this stuff there's an end to the game um i just get burned out with roguelikes uh same thing is happening with moonlighter on switch um i talked about that game on this show really good zelda clone that incorporates all this really cool economy stuff into um into uh um uh, into the zelda game into the zelda genre the shopkeeper that is Mm -hmm. shopping by being shopkeeping by day and um uh doing um sorry shopkeeping by day and then the dungeon crawling at night and i just get i get about halfway through the games and then i realize just how much more when the difficulty starts to ramp up uh, I'm just I kind of lose interest in the grind of having to go back into the same dungeons grind the same enemies and do the same things until I'm powerful enough to get in there and do it because I'm just I don't find myself skilled enough to get through those with low level stuff um, yeah. it's just I kind of get burned out and I kind of put them away but they're it was kind of cool to come back to Dead Cells when the, the new update came out just to see how it ran and it runs beautifully um, I'm very impressed with that port yeah um, so yeah, I try, I try to pick those up every once in a while. And then the other two games that I have on the, the new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, which my girlfriend and I will play whenever we have a moment to kind of couch co-op together and play Switch, uh, which is still fun. You know, it's a cool, old-school, adorable Mario game yeah. Uh, yeah, where we can have fun. And surprisingly difficult for uh, a 2D Mario game at certain points, but... <laughs> What's the when that scale ramps up, man? It, it it ramps up. I think we're on like the third or fourth world now. Um, having fun with it, yeah. And uh, Mega Man Eleven, I have it on my Switch. I have tried to get through one or two bosses, and I just I can't get into Mega Man games, Me and I really either. want to because I don't know what it is about one, them that I can't get into. It looks good. It's a 2D side scroller. I've played through a lot of 2D side scrollers, and yeah, there's a level of difficulty associated with Mega Man games that maybe I just can't get past. But I think what bothers me is the boss routes that you're supposed to take because there's always like an ideal boss route of defeat these bosses in these orders because these power ups defeat these boss make these boss fights easier. I mean, you can beat the whole game without using any of the of the boss upgrades, but it makes it way easier if you do route a versus b c d e f g yeah um and i don't know what those routes are and i don't really want to just look up the answer and somebody say just play it through it this way and draw an easy difficulty and be done with it i mm-hmm. i think the point of mega man is playing it at some level of a normal difficulty and trying to kind of take out bosses one by one and just maybe like pick it up beat one boss put it down and then a while and then a little bit pick it up and play through another boss and be done with it um yeah i don't know um yeah it's it's just it's hard to get into and i i i almost deleted it off my switch library the other day but i'll I'll come to it eventually but i don't know i really want to play that game and i want to like it because it seems like a really cool in 
doll of the franchise and kind of rebooting things and giving it a new art style and whatnot. Um, I just can't get behind it. I feel you. 100%. Just like, I've I've tried to play like, try to play like the older ones. Bless you. Like emulated and stuff and like couldn't get into them. I tried the demo for, um, which one was it? For 11. And, um, I don't know. It just, something about it just like doesn't really click with me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on uh, just it being kind of like a weird or difficult game to, to really dive into and stick with. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. Maybe there's just so many other great games on the Switch that I, it's just really hard to find time to put it into that. Yeah. I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad game. It's just probably not for me. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree at all. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for for my backlog. Any other items that came up mm. on your end, Brandon? No, I think pretty much any, anything I had to add, I just kind of jumped in and interjected. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I did the same thing. I don't mean to cut you off, but no, you're good. We're just passionate about our games over here at Games. We like League. our stuff. Yeah, we love our stuff. <laughs> well, if you have any games in your backlog or anything you're gonna bounce around and playing as your palate cleanser, let us know in the comments. Let us yeah. know on Facebook. Don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook if you like us. And once we can get things figured out with where we're actually going to be putting the audio version of this podcast, we will definitely let you know uh, once we get things squared away. But yes, as should, always, should show up on iTunes or wherever you find your uh, your podcasts. I think the intent is to uh, get on our friends um, podcasting network they have their hosting all set up so if you've already found us on itunes congratulations you figured out how to download podcasts Um, (laughs) for those of you that are new and are listening to the audio version of this um, you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash games and that you're going to spell that games n-a-t if you care to drop us a line you know shoot us a comment on to the relevant post or the relevant, relevant video or you can make it your own separate post um, shoot us a message on Facebook, however you want to get at us there. Um, alternatively, you could send us an email if you're feeling frisky. Um, that's the GNA podcast at gmail.com. So whether it's some feedback as far as um, you know, what we've talked about and you want to share your experience with that, we'd love to, to read some of your stuff um, during a live show. Uh, or if you just want to tell us you know, what you're playing, what you're interested in, or, or what you would want us to potentially talk about drop us a line yeah and as always thanks for watching thanks for listening and brandon what do we want to sign off the kids with uh next time next week we'll be on time (laughs) (laughs) next week we'll be on time and don't forget the only review that matters is is your your own. own